What's possible if you let go of the shoulds, right wrongs, and supposed tos? What could you create? Who would you get to be? And what would you experience as a leader, parent, colleague, or whatever hat you're wearing? What qualities would you bring to the space? This podcast will invite and empower you to step over the idea of waiting for tomorrow or for someday and begin today of foraging hand in hand with your fear, your first bold leaps towards the life, team, or business that truly fills you up and inspires you. Hi, I'm your host, Rebecca Zimmerman, executive life and leadership coach and recovering perfectionist. If you believe it's time to step out of the rat race and into your own success on your own terms, you're in the right place. Welcome to Trailblazing Growth. Welcome back. Today's episode is with Frank Ellerini, and I'm really excited to share it because he is just such a trailblazer who transitioned from one career to another career and they're kind of different. You know, they, they have the commonalities between the two in regards of relationships with people. However, one was in journalism, and then he moved into the spiritual realm after exploring more of who he was through plant medicine. And that's actually how I met Frank, was in Costa Rica. We were both at a place called Rhythmia, which is a life advancement wellness retreat center. And they practice using plant medicine to help change your mind and be more wholeheartedly you, break through the egos, and do a lot of spiritual work. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Frank Ellerini. He's covered everything from Syrian refugee camps to the Academy Awards. Frank Ellerini is a four-time Emmy award-winning journalist who became a highly sought-after celebrity healer. Frank has a YouTube channel that has over 40 million views and over 140,000 subscribers, and it's centered around wellness and spirituality. At this YouTube channel, you can find videos from people who have activated their third eye, who can still see even when completely blindfolded, to Frank talking about his journey and exploring his journey with plant medicines and stem cell treatments, and the list goes on. Frank Ellerini is the co-author of Modern Nirvana Oracle Deck, published by the Chronicle Books, a sensory experience inspired by avant-garde 80s fashion. The Modern Nirvana Oracle Deck includes a guidebook and 50 beautifully illustrated cards. Each card provides an inspiring quote, ageless wisdom for our modern lives, breathwork and meditations, and a mantra designed to further activate the intentions within the cards. So he really has shifted from journalism to something completely different. He bet on himself, he put himself out there, and it worked out. And so I just really look forward to you hearing his journey of just kind of just turning around and going in a different direction because he wanted to, because he felt called to. So the intention behind this shared conversation is to be an inspiration for my listeners who are questioning whether they should go for it, questioning whether they should bet on themselves. So without further ado, here is the conversation with Frank, my dear friend. Hi, 
Good. Thanks for coming. It's so good to see you. Of course. So you're a four-time Emmy award-winning journalist and a celebrity healer. You are the quintessential example of a trailblazer in my book. And so can you describe like what it means to be a healer and like what modality you're in? Yeah. So I kind of mix and match, but primary thing. So with me, I realized a lot of massive shifts within myself when I started working with plant medicines and doing things like ayahuasca, which is actually how you and I met. And I don't know if that's already out there. Sorry. No, no, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Okay. And uh, that was that was the hesitation. I was like, I don't know if, she, if she's talked about that. So, you know, that was massive in my life on top of already having at the point that I did it for the first time, like five or six years ago, I had already been all over the world for 10 years, like meeting shamans and healers and all kinds of stuff. But what I work with now is called emotion code. And I'm looking for the emotions or the ideas or beliefs that are stuck within people that are holding them back. And I clear them using magnets. Like for anybody who's actually watching this interview, instead of listening, um, I'm holding magnets in my hand. I got these from a healer in Mexico who taught me how to clear things using magnets. But that was the first time that I noticed the same thing that I was getting out of ceremonies, plant medicine ceremonies, without being in a plant medicine ceremony. Of course, when you're working with like the energy and the spirit of the plant, it's uh, it'll show you amazing things that you never would have thought to look for and to see and to address. And it's really doing the work for you. But this was like the most similar. And so I really fell in love yeah. with it. And I trained with Dr. Bradley Nelson and with a curandera in Mexico, who's like a, a healer in Mexico. And they taught me how to use magnets to really help people. And the shifts that I've seen it's just like so fulfilling the emails I get every single day. Yeah. And like, I actually work with you. You're um, one of your clients. And what are some of the things that, I mean, like I can share, but I'm also curious as to what are some of the other things that are common? Like what are the common stories that you're clearing from your clients? So one theme today or this week, I should say, has been with parents because one of my clients a week ago messaged me and told me, We worked on her relationship with her dad and she was at the point where she couldn't even be in the same room with him. Her blood would just boil and she'd get so angry and they'd go months without talking. And and she told me, she's like, I can't believe it. After one session, we're having full conversations. I go and I visit him. He's watching my dog for me when I go to Spain. Like they're really close. And then another client, actually, she had the same thing, but with her mom. Mm. And she's like, I can't believe it. Like once, and she's doing... uh, She did one session and it completely shifted her relationship with her mom. And she booked like a three month package because she was just like, what else can we do? You know? Right. And we've done two sessions since then and already like massive changes in, uh, in her relationships and her work. So things like that, but also physical things, you know, I think when, when we were together in Costa Rica, I'll use that example. We were there. There yeah. was one one woman who came up when I was teaching a class and she had restless leg syndrome. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I remember that. Doing, right. Yeah. And I'm doing when I'm doing a live session, it's only we only get like five minutes. It's not a full hour like I would do with you. And but in those five minutes, it was gone. And I I it's now been what three or four months and I checked in on her and it's still gone. And she's had wow. it since she was a teenager and she's now 42. So yeah, physical things, um, mental blocks, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I remember in Costa Rica, there was somebody who had issues with his neck 
And like the very next day, like he had that for a while. The very next day he came back and was like, it's not there anymore. Um, I just thought that that was, yeah, I thought that was just eye opening. I was like, what is this? I have to learn more. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was really cool to see. So like kind of in the world of wellness, healing, spirituality, do you see uh, like when you entered that arena, like, did you leave journalism or how did that like, tell me about that? I like put, I had one foot in and one foot out. So I was like still working mostly for Good Morning America and still reporting and doing stories and then seeing clients. And I did one interview with Lizzo, the rapper um, in Austin for South by Southwest. And I remember going into that interview and I was like, this is the last one I'll do. I'm done after this. And it was the last one. (laughs) What was the last one? And that was about a year ago. Um, And since then, I mean, it's amazing when you make a decision what happens because I was doing like maybe six clients a month, you know, like not a lot, maybe one a week, two a week. And when I made the decision to leave and not necessarily leave, I still dabble. Like I still do all like work from home. I don't know, four to six days a month for ABC. So I still, I'm like dabbling, but it's from home. I won't travel. I don't go anywhere. If there's like a wildfire or something that used to call me and be like, Hey, go, or there's a volcano eruption in Hawaii, go. That doesn't happen anymore for the last year. I, I only work from home and only on Sundays and Mondays when I can. Once I made that decision, because I still love it. And so when I made that decision, I, since then, literally since that week, I've been booked three months in advance in the last year and, and it has not changed. And so wow. it's so funny how when you decide and you make a decision like, this is now what I'm doing, what happens, you know, yeah. when you're in alignment. And like the moment, like leading up to that moment of the interview with Lizzo, like you said, this is the last one. What were the stories going on in your head about it? It was more that I was, I was more fulfilled by that point more way more fulfilled by the messages i was getting from people that i was helping and the work that i was doing one-on-one and also i was turning down a lot of speaking opportunities a lot of podcast requests a lot of conferences because i'd be like i can't go i don't know what i'll be i don't know if they're going to send me somewhere i don't know what i'll be doing and so there was just a lot of no 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 i don't have time i can't And I was like, you know what? I really want to start saying yes to those things. And so Mm. what I did, then I published an Oracle deck with Chronicle Books that I co-wrote. And now I go into a Barnes and Noble and I see my book and I go into, you know, anthropology and urban outfitters and it's there. And that is never something I would have been able to do if I was working full time, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of like a redirecting of, of my energy. Yeah, I love it. And I can really relate to the one foot in and one foot out experience. So my past life is being an attorney and I still have my you know legal license. So I'm kind of that one foot in. I still do, I still practice law, like kind of more general counsel for our family businesses. But this month I'm actually going to let it lapse. And so I've held on to this thing so tightly and it's like, it's a relationship with power or it's a relationship with intellect. And so through the work that I've done with you, through the work that I've been doing the past few years, like I can see that it's actually, it's not that. And I'm going to do some sort of like release ceremony because it's such a energetic thing for me of just like letting it lapse. And like if someday, if I want to, I guess, re-enroll, whatever that process looks like to get the license again, like, that's cool. I'll do that. But yeah, I've just had so much. It's like the one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. It's been a really like lift. It just feels light. 
So I really can relate to that. But leading up to that moment, I've had so much insecurity and so much doubt, so many fears of like, oh, well, this worst case situation is going to happen. Like, no, it's not. That's it's the worst case situation doesn't happen. And if it does, like, we all have a 100% track record of getting through things. That's what I've learned in life. Mm. So yeah, I just didn't know if any of that was relatable to you of like the doubt, the scarcity, the comparison of like making that transition. Yeah, big time. I mean, especially the doubt, like I was like, well, are people going to want to do this like enough that it's full time for me? But also um, the holding on because I, in truth, had been wanting to do this or to at least leave and do my own thing for years. And every year I'd be like, this is my last year. This is the last year. This is it. And I probably said that for the last three or four years before officially leaving. I think that we all have a life purpose and there was a reason why I stayed and it did serve purpose. And I was very happy that I stayed in the end because I I got incredible life experiences from it, Mm -hmm. incredible training, meeting people, Mm -hmm. So I think that when something is ready to let go, you know it. Like it's probably like simmering and then it gets to the point where it's very clear, like probably where it's at for you now. Like first you needed to do some of the work and to really know what else was out there, maybe get some clients of your own. And then you're like, okay, now I feel ready to fully let go. Yeah. You know, that's healthy. And it's almost like a release. Like, Like you said, it's letting go. And a lot of people are so scared of failure. So they hold on to things. They're very tightly wound around it. And I can say that because that's where I've been personally. It's like, oh my gosh, closing my wine bar. Like I'm such a failure or letting go of my law license. Like I'm such a failure for going through this process and then letting it go. Like what, like rather than seeing the action or inaction as a failure, which it's not, it was like, I became the failure. And so I'm curious as to your relationship with kind of that dichotomy of like letting go versus like the mindset of failure that if I'm making any sense now, (laughs) you can discern. The thing is, it's so interesting is it's hard to give advice because I clear for people. I do it for myself too. So as soon as those thoughts start to come up, I just clear, you know, for example, we had, I had a company with my two best friends called modern Nirvana And it did really well. That's actually where the book deal came from. We had a virtual reality deal, several other book offers or opportunities, an annual conference that brought in big people like Dave Asprey and Deepak Chopra. Those were like our keynote speakers. So it was doing really well. And But it was at the same time, it got to the point where it was not in alignment anymore with what I wanted and what I was doing. And just, you know, all three of us had different things going on in life. And it was... That same thing where maybe the old me would have been like, oh, failure, because why would I leave something that's so good and that's doing so well? But at the yeah. other end, it was also like, oh, but there's so much more I want to do and so much other things that I could not do if I continue this company because it's an all-encompassing thing, you know? Yeah. Same with journalism, it would have been all-encompassing. So I don't think I don't think of it as a failure. Like That never even came yeah. to my mind because I immediately will start clearing like I was having other things come up, maybe like a little, I don't know, resentment, stubbornness, like things like that. But I would just clear it as it came up. And then that makes the processing so quick. And I also think it then makes you realize, like, for example, with your law degree or with me, I was doing, I was getting certified 
in the practice of Ayurveda with Deepak Chopra. And it was an incredible process. But I just didn't want to take the test in the end. I was like, I don't, I don't have time for this. I'm yeah. launching my own podcast. I'm relaunching my YouTube channel after being dormant for years. So with all that, I'm like, I could do it or I can focus on the these projects I have in front of me. And I can always still say I studied a Ayurveda with Deepak Chopra. I don't have to say I'm yeah. certified in Ayurveda, you know? I right. did the whole course and I just didn't take the test in the end. Like, yeah. I'm still trained in Ayurveda and I can still take that knowledge and use it with my clients or friends or, you know, whatever else I do. And same with yeah. you. You can still counsel your family. That knowledge just doesn't go away now that you don't have the, you know, yeah. you, that you're not keeping up with the with the licensing. All right, you guys, I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you to join my five-month group coaching cohort called The Leaderboard, and it begins this February of 2023. I'm co-coaching the group with Kelly Shaw, and she's a former global casino supplier executive and nonprofit leader from Las Vegas who has turned coach and consultant. So this is a group you won't want to skip over. This leaderboard mastermind will be full of like-minded people who are trailblazers. They're leaders, they're executives, managers, or owners, and you all have a common goal of exploring who you currently are as a leader, leaning into who you want to be as a leader to get you past your comfort zone. It's running your life and business, not the other way around, and reckoning with your own discomfort so you can get more connected with yourself, allowing you to truly be with people through the good, the bad, and the ugly, because that's part of leadership. So this mastermind is moving past people-pleasing and shape-shifting for others and having confidence to lead from core values and standing for others so they can show up through aligned values. It's identifying and disassembling your armored ego, which we all have. So you can shift to leading from your essence instead of that self-preservation and gaining skills to be with and disarm others and their armored ego. So this group coaching mastermind is not your conventional group where we teach and facilitate at the front of the room. It's really generated by you, by the group. It's interactive, it's community. Sure, we'll dive into tools and resources and go after goals, but it's about reckoning with the uncomfortable and being with me, being with Kelly, being with the other like-minded people and coming from a place of vulnerability, coming from a place of just being who you are and who you want to be. So jump into the show notes and click the link to join the group. Enrollment is closing soon and we're intentionally keeping this group smaller to foster confidentiality, foster vulnerability, and intimacy. So thanks for listening to this quick interruption. Now let's get back to the show. And then what I hear really in that, it's like, you know, so often we go from attachment to resignation and like they fall on that same spectrum. And it's like, if we're no longer attached to something, then it almost seems like we're resigned, but then like off of the spectrum, like somewhere completely in a different universe, there's commitment and you're not attached. You're not resigned. Like you're committed to an outcome. And like, what I hear you say is like, you made the choice through commitment or you made the choice through values versus being resigned or being attached. That's kind of what I heard you say. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yes. So 
getting into journalism, you know, and then shifting into the modality of wellness and spirituality. Like I would imagine you didn't come out of the womb and have all these followers and, you know, have your awards. Like what was that process like for you? Like what did you experience along the journey? Well, which, which part? Like, Cause they're like, they're both different. So with the awards, for example, like the yeah. Emmys and YouTube plaque yeah. and all that, that was always, so I did always want to um, somehow be on TV. Like I, I, as a kid, I wanted to be an actor. I was in cool. every school play. I traveled with this thing called showbiz kids, this group called the showbiz kids. And, and then uh, when it came time to pick a major in college, I I was like, you know, I'll I'll try journalism, and I I love to write. I was always a writer, and so I did, and I fell in love with it. Started at ABC. I, I was there my whole career. Was always at ABC. Yeah, and and just uh, I got to do some incredible stories, and four of which you know won Emmys, and and then um, the YouTube plaque was sort of my like everyone at ABC always knew that I was like this low key spirit junkie and I was traveling the world and doing yoga and meditating and, you know, uh, being told I can't go into my Hillary Clinton interview because I had crystals in my pocket and I had to take them out. (laughs) (laughs) Secret service was like, we don't know what these are. You can't bring those in. So so that was, everyone always knew that, Oh, that's just Frank, you know? And so I, those were the stories that I couldn't tell on ABC. And so I created a YouTube channel and that's when I got the followers on YouTube and got a YouTube plaque for, for the number of followers. And it was all pretty organic. Same with my Instagram. And I think that it's like, uh, I joke sometimes that I, it took me 10 years to become an overnight success because it's just like kind of out of nowhere, all these like Instagram followers and YouTube followers. But if you look back at it, it was all those years of learning how to tell a story on ABC. And it was all those years of, you know, meeting these different people that I eventually would do a story on. So there was a lot of foundation building a lot. Yeah. And like, I hear like perseverance, I hear fortitude and maybe underneath of that, like I hear like courage to keep going and keep going for your vision of wanting to be on TV and wanting these things in your life. What do you think kept you going for those 10 years of setting the foundation? You know, I think that's just my nature. I don't know if that's something. I mean, there's a lot of like inspirational gifts and memes and sure. all that. And yeah. I'm sure they're helpful, but I think that it takes a certain person who's just, who is that type. And that is just yeah. my type. And I never yeah. saw it as like a loss ever. I'd be like, oh, you know, like for example, when I was doing videos on spirituality and stuff, this is like eight, nine years ago that I started. Mm-hmm. It was not what it is today where people think it's really cool to have crystals and to talk about ayahuasca and to do whatever else, energy healing. Like that was not at all It was like really weird. Even yoga was weird or meditating was like, Ooh, what are you doing? It's so weird. You know, like we're talking 10 years ago and now it is, but I think that there was always like, I'd be like, Oh, they just don't get it yet, but they will like, you know, somebody's going to like it or, or whatever this niche audience that really likes my videos, they're going to keep watching it. I never thought of it like, Oh, like it's a failure. It's not doing well Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And in fact, they were were always doing well. They were like my videos right out the gate were getting 10 million, 5 million, 6 million views, you know. But I think that also going back to courage, because you brought up courage, there was, it did take courage in the sense that I was like, are people going to take me seriously as a journalist when I'm Mm -hmm. making videos about the third eye and about whatever else, you know, like I'm like, how does this look? And I'd be, there was always a little bit of hesitation putting a video out. 
I'd be like, oh my God, like they're going to think I'm so weird. And I'm doing mm-hmm. a, a video about yoga. Are they still going to send me out to do an interview with like a politician or with whatever? And they always did. And it never, you know, I always was really good at my job. And I think that because of that, I was able to do both. And I actually did an interview with Deepak and he was like, and I asked him, were you ever worried about being taken seriously as an MD? Like he was a doctor at a hospital when you were in the eighties writing books about quantum healing, you know, when nobody was talking about quantum, you know, and he was like, yeah, "Yeah." I, you know, he was like, I was a little bit worried about not being taken seriously. But he said, but no matter what you do, people are going to criticize you. No matter what you do, people will have an opinion about it. So just do what you love. Do what you want to do. That's you beautiful. Know? Yeah. I just was telling somebody the other day that they were criticizing him about like what he was wearing. And uh, I was like, never take criticism from somebody you would never take advice from. Like, would you take advice from this person mm-hmm. on fashion? And he was like, no. I'm like, well, then... You know, I know that's easier said than done, but it's just kind of an enlightening thing that keeps me like just empowered. It's like, oh, like if I wouldn't take advice from them, then why, why am I giving credence to their not so kind words? So true. And you know what? Also to piggyback off that a little bit, when I started the YouTube channel, I remember I created a trailer first and I showed it to like a couple of friends and one of them, I'll remember her reaction forever. She's a, she was a reporter. So, and a a really good friend of mine and a big reporter. So I was like, Oh, I really want her opinion. And she was like, I don't know. It just sounds like you're trying too hard to be like Oprah. She's already doing this like spiritual series with super soul Sunday. She's already doing that. And it just seems too similar. I don't know. I don't like it. And I was like, Ooh, And then I learned in that moment because that same person now is always like, wow, I'm so proud of all your accomplishments and everything you're doing. And you're so brave to have gone and done it like that same person. And probably, honestly, I have not brought it up to her. She probably doesn't even remember like her reactions to my original, you know, work. So I would say totally, like you said, don't even ask for people's advice. I mean, I, I honestly don't, I just do what I feel like doing and I don't like, I might ask advice if somebody else, for example, has a podcast and I'm creating one. I'll ask like, Hey, what's the best system to use? Or what's the best like way to present a deck or what I'll ask like logistic things, but I'm not, I don't ask for people's opinion about my work or about what what they think. I I just don't. Yeah. Cause it sounds like it doesn't really matter. It sounds like it it doesn't doesn't really matter. Yeah. And And people give you advice based on their own life experience. So it's not always going to like, you could be like, Oh, you know, me and my boyfriend are fighting and blah, blah, blah. And they're just going to be like, oh, leave him, whatever. He's stupid. Like, that's not, you know, like what, it's, they're yeah. being good friends, but they're also not, it's like not the advice you want, you know? It's like, they're giving you advice based on their past relationships. Right. I'm the believer of what people say, like including myself, is a projection of myself. It's a projection of them. Mm-hmm. So when they're giving their opinions of like, oh, Oprah's already doing this, it's like, oh, like that's really a projection of her and her own insecurities as to don't go out and like do something different because there's a world of scarcity and there's not enough followers. And so like, I wonder if that was what was going on inside of her head while she was actually speaking. So true. You're probably exactly right on that. Yeah. Yeah. That resonates a lot. Yeah. Well, if you could like go back and tell your younger self anything, what do you think that would be? Oh, that's a great question. I would say be easy on yourself, you know, and, and like, it's not as serious as you think it is in that moment. It's so serious and whatever else, but there's so much self-abuse and negative self-talk that we all have going on. Everyone from all my clients that I see, 
I noticed yeah. it's all yeah. like, they're always like, wow, I feel like a new person. And I'm like, no, you're the same person without all the blocks and all the right. thoughts and all the things that were holding you back that I cleared, you know, but yeah. this is who you actually are. You're not a new person. Yeah. This is who you are without the negative self-talk. Yeah. And like one of the things that I think you've told me, like in one of our sessions is uh, the wills that I have, like I have a will to feel this way, or I have a will mm -hmm. to see things this way. And, or it could be like, I have a will to feel abandoned, or I have a will to, I don't even remember what, but the notes that I take, I'm, I'm, I'm the note yeah, taker while yeah. you talk <laughs> has really given me language, you know, around like what's actually going on inside or for the clearing that you do. And then for just the release of, for me. And so then I can actually start spotting it in my life. I'm like, Oh, right. Like this is where that will kicks in. And so then it allows me to kind of interrupt. So I guess I'm just like singing your praises right now of yeah, a giving really me language. Yeah. Of a giving me language and like around whatever it is that I'm experiencing and B just letting me release it. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah of course. Thanks for saying that and for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, I cleared from from a woman today that I worked with. She had the will to suffer. Yes. You know, yeah. and then she also, she was feeling really lonely and she hadn't been in a relationship for 10 years. And when we looked into it, there was a lot of broadcast messages. So basically like something that you're broadcasting out to other people energetically of I'm hiding and I want to disappear and things like that. So yeah. she already was feeling isolated was her word. And then when we went in and looked at it, there was, I am hiding. I want to disappear. I want to have the will to suffer. Like these were yeah. all the, the negative self-talk. Wow. Wow. And like yeah. the fact that you were able to like uncover this just by being you and yeah. the training that you have, it's really remarkable. Well, yeah. thank you so much for this. I just love being in your presence. I just love it. And thank you for yeah. agreeing yeah. to be on my podcast and everything. So of course, I'm so proud of you too. And to see you like, honestly, go for it. And I think a lot of people, Thanks. they who are listening even might be inspired because there's something that they really want to do, but they think mm -hmm. I can't, I have bills to pay. I hear that all the time. I would leave my job, but I don't, you know, I need the, the money. And uh, it's, mm -hmm. there's so many excuses and you'll come up with a million more. It's like, you have to just do it. There is no, I'll do it next year. I'll do it tomorrow do it now. Your heart is telling you, I want it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's no perfect time. There's no perfect time. If not now, exactly. when, if not who you, mm. so yeah, thank you. And thank have a you. good rest of your Monday and I will see you sometime soon. All right. Perfect. Okay. All right. Talk All right. soon. If you'd like to connect, send me an email to coach at trailblazersgrowth.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at trailblazersgrowth. Finally, make sure to check out my website, trailblazersgrowth.com for all details about individual coaching and upcoming group programs. See you next time.